Welcome to the podcast of Rainbow Family Christian Center with Pastors Horace and Patricia Drumming. We would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray that you are impacted, inspired, and encouraged by the Word of God. Let's check out today's message. stop praising God. Praise Him when you're riding and driving. Praise Him when you get up in the morning. Praise Him when you're showering. The Bible says, let everything that has breath, just praise Him. Praise Him. You can't out-praise God. This is why the psalmist said, if you had 10,000 tongues, that wouldn't be enough. That wouldn't be enough because God's been good. Somebody shout, God's been good. God's been good. And he's never going to stop being good. This is what you can depend on. There are people that you can't depend on. I know that. There are circumstances and even businesses that start and stop. But our God never stops. He never stops loving us. He never stops caring and taking care of us. He never stops. And you should sing of the goodness of the Lord. You should, you, do you realize that when David fe- defeated Goliath, people started to sing of how good that was. They know how oppressed and how troubled they had become of this giant tormenting them for 40 days. But when David began at, to get the courage that God gave him, people began to sing of the goodness of that day. Sing of the goodness. See, sometimes, folks, it's not even a song that you know. I'm telling you, I put all kinds of words together. And I realize I'm just singing about the goodness of the Lord. Ain't nobody cut this song and made an album yet. But it it, it shouldn't be about whose album you sing and whose song you sing. You are singing as unto the Lord. And you sing of the goodness of the Lord. Come on, isn't God good? Hallelujah. And his word is good. His word is good. Are you ready for the word? Amen? Look, you all know this, sister. Ain't no need of me standing here giving you a long biography. What do you need to know about her? She loves God. She's saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And she has a word for you today. And if you're glad about it, stand to your feet and say, I'm glad about the word that God has for me. I'm ready to receive the word that God has for me. I'm ready to receive that messenger that God has sent this morning and receive Sister Felicia Grant as she comes and ministers the word of God in Jesus' name. (laughs) Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, my God, Jesus. Oh, bless your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. Let the church say hallelujah. Amen, for God is good. This is Pentecost Sunday. Amen. We're going to lift our hands. We're going to thank Jesus for he is mighty. He is awesome in all my life. He has been faithful. Yes, and I'm going to continue to sing. 
and shout of the goodness of God. Amen. This is a glorious day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I give honor to God this morning to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to the Holy Spirit is my helper because he's going to help me out today. Praise the Lord. God, he's going to show up. Show out like never before. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I just know because he's faithful. Yes. But before I get, let me slow it, slow it down, slow it down. I want to thank my pastor, Pastor Horace Drummond, for this opportunity to stand before you this day and bring the word of God. I want to give thanks to Reverend Patricia Drummond, our first lady in the house. Oh, my God. Yes, to the ministers of the house to the Rainbow family, the extended family, and to my family, and to all the precious children of God. So let's get started out. Let's pray. Let's just pray. Y'all be seated. Oh, sit on down. Hey, hold on to your seat, though, but sit on down. Okay. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, our hallelujah belongs to you. You deserve all the glory and all the honor, because you alone are worthy to be praised. We've come on this Pentecost Sunday to be reminded that you are worthy of all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. And so we thank the presence of the sweet Holy Spirit that is in this house and that is going through the airways today. We thank you, Lord, that as I begin to share the word, Lord God, that I will decrease, get out of the way. Lord God, that you will use me as you see fit. Lord God, turn this service upside down, Lord God. So, Father, I give you praise. I give you honor and glory. It is in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo. I got a lot to share, and I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to summarize. Woo. Okay. So, throughout history, we have been a part, and we have been a part of events. We've celebrated events. We've commemorated events. But what we know, that there's always been someone the event planner, orchestrating every scene to ensure that the event meets the expectation for a good success and a good ending. In order for this event to be successful, the event planner must ensure that he has the people in place. He, they have a location, and they have a time that they want to do this in. But most of all, that they want to have a dynamic ending that's going to leave people mesmerized, awestruck. So as we look in history, we can see that there are many events, but none compares to the events at Pentecost. So we're, we're going to come to commemorate one of God's spectacular events this day that's going to show his glory and to bring his glory and to manifest himself to get man's attention. So my script, my title for today's message is The Power at Pentecost. It is within you. Lord, we're going to give you the praise. Amen. Uh, my text is going to be taken from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. But this message is going to span the entire chapter. But I want to focus on the first four verses. And that verse is in Acts, verse 2, verses 1 through 4. Next slide. Oh, okay. Amen. And the word of God reads, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, 
they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and sat on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. So, my, so the question, so what we need to know from this is we got the power inside of us. So the, what, the question then is, can God trust you to get excited about what he's excited about? If so, then are you ready to tell the story? That what's that story? The gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. So for the next few minutes, I want to show what the scriptures allows us to see to illustrate that this is not just an ordinary story, that it's not about ordinary people, that it's not about an ordinary time, and it's not about an ordinary power. But it's a, and it's not an ordinary gift on this Pentecost Sunday. But it's going to show us a picture of God's love trying to get the world for his harvest. So in my text, I got five points, and I'm going to run. So, because I want to show you as we unfold the segment of this spectacular event. So my first C is going to be the calendar. My second C is going to be God's chosen people. My third C is Christ, the Son of God. The fourth C is the church. And the fifth C is the coming of the Holy Spirit. So allow me, just give me a few minutes, allow me to set the stage to reveal how God used events and people throughout generations to tell his story. And so um, in order for us to get the full meaning of Pentecost, I had to start with the calendar. That's my first C, the calendar. So in Luke, Luke is the author, and he's writing to Theophilus, and he mentions the word Pentecost. Luke reaches back into the Old Testament to teach a New Testament truth as he's telling this story. Now, back in this time, they had two calendars. Um, one calendar recorded a 12-month period, and the second calendar, it recorded the chronological uh, sabbatory year, which was the every, the every seven years or the every 50 years. But also in that time, it also recorded the six annual feasts. Those feasts were dedication, Passover, Pentecost, Purim, Tabernacles, and Trumpets. And the management of this calendar was the responsibility of the priests. Now, all God in the Old Testament, all God wanted to let Israel know and to hold their attention that he was the living God. Amen. Okay? And so, and so he did this, showed them through these six feasts. Each feast had a particular purpose, but when they came together, it reminded um, the nation of the history that God revealed his way and so that they could keep a relationship right with him. So there are three major feasts 
One is the feast of Passover. One is the feast of weeks. And the other is the feast of the tabernacles. So I'm going to focus on the feast of the Passover. And we know that that is significant. Um, we know that the Passover feast was uh, a deliverance. So when the Israelites, when they did this feast, they celebrated. This was a week of celebration. Why was it a week of celebration? Because they were celebrating that God had delivered them out of Egypt. So and they had been in bondage for 40 years, and they celebrated. Why? Because they were free. And so also, this uh, feast of um, Passover, it, it also um, fulfilled the Christ um, coming, his, his crucifixion, that Christ was the Lamb of God, that he was going to come to die and to save us from our sins. And so they celebrated. They knew this. And the Feast of Weeks talked about the birth, the birth and the growth of new crops, reaping of first fruits on the earth. And it also was the birth of their nation at Mount Sinai. But the Feast of Tabernacles is yet to be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled when the Lord comes back, when he returns and comes get us. So now, I talked about the calendar. I, I talked about the feast. So now, let's look at what Pentecost is. So if we look at the text in Acts 2.1, the first A portion of that, it says, when the day of Pentecost. So what is Pentecost? Pentecost means 50. And the Greek name for the old, it's the Greek name for the Old Testament name, the Feast of Weeks, which was the Hebrew harvest festival that was observed on the 50th day from Passover. And it also commemorated the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. This was celebrated because at the end of the grain of the harvest, all the pilgrims would come to Jerusalem all over the world to celebrate this event. Why is this significant to us? Because the Christian church Pentecost, we're celebrating this uh, seven weeks after Resurrection Sunday. It commemorates the descent of the Holy Spirit upon the apostles and the followers of Jesus Christ. That's us. While they were in, all this was happening when they were in Jerusalem at the Feast of Weeks. Now, as the story continues to unfold, we understand the calendar and we understand Pentecost. This is going to take me to my second C. Um, the people who God uh, were guided by the calendar. It was God's chosen people. So in the scripture of Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 through 11, they're going to put it on the screen, but for the sake of time, I'm going to summarize. So Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 6 through 11, what this scripture is saying is that Moses declares that God had chosen Israel above all the people that were on the earth, not because of their numbers, not because of their size, not because of their commemorable characteristics but simply because he loved them moreover he loved them because he loved first loved Abraham Isaac Jacob and their father so we know that God didn't choose them for any of their characteristics he didn't choose them because of their status so we can look at us and say that God didn't, he didn't choose us because of who we were how much money we have, what positions we hold. God chose us only because he loved us.
Okay, so now let's picture this for a minute. The Israelites at the, at the foot of Mount Sinai, it was over three million of them. They were camped at the foot of the mountain. They remembered that only, they had only been three months since they were delivered from a 400 years of being enslaved. They remember that in this third month that they received the covenant. The covenant was made seven weeks, which was 50 days after they had been delivered. Now, this, but this covenant for them was conditional. It was, it was conditional because they had to obey the law. And the law, that the law that was given at Mount Sinai. So, but we know, we can read through Deuteronomy, we can read the rest of the Old Testament, and we know that, unfortunately, um, they were disobedient. We know that. We know they did not heed the warnings. We know that. We know that they were punished. We know that. But we know this, that God did not catch, this did not catch God by surprise. He, he knew they were a mess. He knew that their deliverance was needed. God knew he, he ain't catch us by surprise. We, he ain't sneak up. We ain't sneak up on God and say, mm, God, I know you didn't see that. No, God sees all. He knew us when we were in our mess. And so what he knew, just like they knew, that they needed a Savior. So God knew that one would come to save mankind. This is going to take me to my third seat, Christ, the Son of God. Now, this was a glorious change. This was a dramatic dramatic change of the coming coming to the promised land and to the world see God didn't do anything small and every and, and the Israelites they needed a sign for everything you know God are you real show me a sign God can I trust you show me a sign so they needed another sign so God said okay I got one for you God came so this in Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 11 and this reads now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock at night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord showed around them, and they were greatly afraid. Verse 10, and the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Christ came. He came to fulfill all that was spoken of him through the prophecy. He came to fulfill every symbol, every feast that was spoken of him. In his earthly ministry, he was to uh, proclaim that a great hope for man, that there was a promise of the kingdom of God. And so Jesus, his, his ministry was to come and to share the good news. He tell them what God had to say, letting them know all that was in store for them. Trust me, this, he's just sharing good news all the time. But what Christ came to do was he came in three short things. He came to die for mankind. He came to be crucified. He came to be buried, and in three days he would come and he would rise with all power in his hand. So when he rose, that his ministry didn't stop. He got up and he kept it going. He said, no, I got still, I got work to do. Because now 
he, he was working through the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit didn't just show up. The Holy Spirit showed up in Genesis when the Word, when the Word was God. They all three were there. So he's been there all along. Jesus was letting you know that I'm totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. Now, he's in the flesh. Now, he needed the Holy Spirit. So if he needed the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. He could not move. They, he could not talk. He could not go anywhere unless the Holy Spirit gave him direction. So we too cannot move. We cannot speak. We cannot go unless the Holy Spirit gives us direction. We need the Holy Spirit. That's all Jesus was letting you know. I need him. You need him. Amen. Okay. Now, now, but you know, he was still on the earth. And so he still, you know, you know, he still got some people over here that don't still don't quite get it. So, but he came and he still did a lot of infallible proofs. He had to continue to prove himself. And he did that for 40 days. Now, this, there's a scripture in Acts, Acts 1, verses 4 through 5. And it's because I'm going to speed it up. And he said, and this scripture reads, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with, Holy, with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. What Jesus' ministry was to proclaim the great promise to the believers, the promise of the Holy Spirit. He, God knew and Christ proclaimed that no man could live and witness for God without the Holy Spirit. We just couldn't do it. It's not about, um, we, we didn't have the power, so he had to give us the power. We couldn't do it in our own strength. Christ knew that we needed supernatural power. We needed power from God himself. He knew that the very presence of God had to enter into every heart of man. And when the spirit entered into our hearts, it would impart the divine nature of God. It would, we would be recreated completely. He would live inside our body, and he would take control of our life so that we could go out and proclaim the gospel, the good news. So now God, Jesus says in this scripture, and 50 days after his death that took place, he, constantly, he connected with the disciples, following them, encouraging them, giving them instruction. And so in Acts 1, 4, and 5, what he's telling the apostles and he's telling us that we need to receive the Holy Spirit in the fullness of his power. So the instruction then was to wait for the promise of the Father. They were to wait in prayer for the coming of the Holy Spirit. So now when they were waiting, they weren't waiting in one place. They were in one place, but they weren't just waiting in that place just all over the place. They were waiting with purpose. They came with purpose, to, and they waited. So, you know, when we come in, we all come in with a different purpose. We come in with stuff on our mind. We come in with stuff, us on our mind. But when we come in, we need to come in with purpose. We need to come into the house of God, focused 
on one accord, getting in one accord. They, they didn't wait till they got here and got in one accord. They, when they came, they was coming in one accord. They was in one accord when they got here. So before you get here, you need to purpose to get in one accord. Amen. That's what, that's what he wanted them to see because the Holy Spirit is essential for a Christian life. Amen. What we've been talking about, we need we need this. So we believers, you need to hear about the promise of the Spirit, which you need to hear the gospel message before you can receive the whole, you can receive him. So what, what, what do you need to hear? You need to hear that he died for me. I was a wretch undone. In my mess, he loved me. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. What do you need to hear? Do you need to hear that uh, in my state of being, he loved me? What is it that you need to hear? Do you need to hear? When I think about the Lord and all he's done for me, I can dance, dance, dance all night because I knew where I was last night. Oh, God, what is it that you need to hear to know that he loves you? And when you hear that gospel message, then you will receive his, you will receive the Holy Spirit. You will want him to come and be a part of your life because what you will realize is that you are missing an essential piece in your life. Okay? He set it up that way. It's the Father, it's the Son, and it's the Holy Spirit. They all three make one. And when they all get inside of you, oh, come on. You got, you need them all. You can't divide them up. You need them all. Okay, now, but let me get on to the church. Let me just skip on. Okay, church. Now, that's us, right? The church is the people of God. Christ, all the believers, we all belong to one uh, spiritual body, and we are called the church. The unity of the Christian faith is indicated that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism and one God, the Father of all. That, that makes us a part of the glorious church. In Matthew 16, 18, the scripture reads, and I will say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades, or the, some translations say, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay, in this text, Christ presents himself as the future builder of the church. He's become the cornerstone. He come, He is the sure foundation. He's the foundation that will not shake, that will not crack. He is solid as a rock, right? And he wants you to know that the church is built on him. Okay, and anything else? Seek and say, y'all know that song? It's the seek and say, he, he is the foundation, the plan of redemption from the beginning to the end. Now, he, didn't, he did not imply the abandonment of the synagogue and in the temple. He didn't do that. He just merely reshaping to fit the day that the Gentiles would enter into fellowship with the church. He is no longer then just dealing with the Jewish people. He is bringing in all nations. He's bringing in Everybody, He's letting you know that I ain't just coming for you. Or I'm not just coming for you. But I'm coming back to get everybody. 
That's what he wants you to know. I'm coming for everybody. Okay? My 15, let's keep it moving. The coming of the Holy Spirit. It's on Acts 2, 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all of one accord in one place. So we're going to break this scripture apart. So the piece of that is, had fully come. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, it was a day that was ordained by God. And it allows us to see that there was time involved. Okay? Now, I told you he was an event planner, and he planned this. So he had to set this up at the right time, at the right place. So we had to get there. So he had to set. Look how long it took us. Forty and, what, two generations? That's a long time from when they were there to now for us to get here. So he planned it out. So in time, there's the chronos time. That means sequential. Day, week, month, year, okay? Uh, sequence of events. There's keros. That's a decisive segment of time. But he wasn't talking about that. He's talking about pleremos, the fullness of time. And when the fullness of time comes. Okay? So th this verse, what it is saying is that God uses time to authenticate his message. And the connection between the events of the past, present, and the future exists in the validity of the God, one who controls it all. He said, hmm, I got this. I said this one. Okay? So now, in the providence of God, there are three events that were fulfilled in the coming of the Holy Spirit. When, the, when Pentecost had fully come, what we see is that the first fruits were born. The church itself was born and the first harvest of souls. What we also see is that the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, it had specific purpose. The Holy Spirit was to come and to live and work in the hearts of man, to deliver and be free from the enslavement of this world, from sin, death, and hell. The Holy Spirit came to set us free. Amen. The Holy Spirit then, was two things. It was the birth of the church and the birth of the people of God. Okay, now I'm going to keep a skipping because I need to skip and get to where I want to get to. Now the C portion of this text is they were all with one accord in one place. One accord. The same mind. The same spirit. Oneness of mind and in heart means that we have one purpose. All the believers, the believers, all 120 of them, they were in the upper room. They were of the same spirit. They were of the same mind. They came with the same idea, and they were all after the same thing. What were they after? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. They were focused. They were concentrating their thoughts and energies on seeking God for the promise of the Spirit. When you came this morning, did you come with purpose? Did you come with God on your mind? What did you come with? Check yourself. One accord was a secret power, and it was a blessing in Acts. But what the disciples knew that when they were on their way, they knew that they couldn't be fighting. They couldn't have bitterness. They couldn't have criticism. They couldn't be in strife. This is not among them. That's what they knew. 
So what do we know? Because these are our examples. All God is letting you know. I did it then. I showed them. I'm going to show you. So if when they were coming, when we coming into the house of the Lord, we need to leave criticism behind. We need to leave bitterness and strife behind. We need to leave me in my behind. Leave yourself behind and come with one purpose. That one purpose is to seek the Lord, to give him praise and glory and honor. Now, okay, so now God has already set the stage because now they in one, they in the upper room and they in one accord and they are just waiting. They are waiting, they are praying, they are praising, they are just having a hallelujah good time because they are waiting, right? Because they know that something good is about to happen. So now, God, God, God is God, and he say, okay, I'm going to show you that you ain't seen this. And so he sets up the, the divine entrance of the Holy Spirit. This was the Spirit's infilling. So the word suddenly, the Holy Spirit came suddenly because they were in one accord. He came abruptly, unexpectedly while they were in one mind, likeness of mind, praising God. He showed up and he came in like a rushing mighty wind. But it wasn't uh, just a wind. He came with a dramatic entrance. Why? He came with a mighty sound. It was a sound that was deafening. It was a roaring sound, like a hurricane, like a tornado. Because God wants them to know, I'm here. The Holy Spirit is here. Y'all came expecting, and we showed up. And he said, yeah. He said, I'm going to let you know. This startled them. They, you know, they was like, woo, we wasn't expecting that. But people came from all over Jerusalem because they wanted to see what was happening. So the mighty power of the Spirit, it needed to be dramatic because, the, you know, the Jews, they had to have a sign and know God was real. He gave them one. You got signs. I showed up like a rushing mighty wind. Blew you off your feet. Yeah. So, but when, 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 and this is what, when he came, the disciples had to learn how Christ wanted them to preach. That's why they were up there. So then, there was an appearance when we were in the upper room of clothing tongues. The Greek means of a tongue was clothing, that is parting asunder. The idea was that it was a single tongue that appeared and it began to split and divide itself and rested on each of the disciples. Just imagine it for a minute. The Holy Spirit comes in like fire and sits, and then he sits on each one of you. The tongues were not a fire, but it was like fire, and it looked like fire. It was a brilliant, luminous, fire-like substance that God created to dramatize, to show, to dramatize that the Holy Spirit was coming upon the disciples. The tongue of fire, it first appeared and it symbolized the presence of the Holy Spirit, which was to dwell in the midst of God's people as a whole. But then when it divided many tongues, it rested on everybody. It symbolizes that he was to dwell inside of every believer as, and as the body as a whole and you individually. What that means that collectively, when we all come together, the Holy Spirit is here in one place, but he's also in you Amen. individually. 
That doesn't mean that you got to be here for the Holy Spirit to show up. Holy Spirit is already in you, and he's with you everywhere that you go. That's what he wanted you to know. That's why you need him. That's why it is essential, okay? So now, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. It says that in Acts 2 and 2 and 4, okay? We've talked about that. Now, I'm going to keep it going, because now. Holy Spirit, he's, 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 he's here. He's in this place. Because I'm done. Now, <laughs> as we come, when we come on this Pentecost Sunday, we come to celebrate the goodness of our God. We come knowing that he has orchestrated every event from beginning to end for past, present, and future for such a time as this. And we are living in this time, okay? It is a time for believers to come together as one, in one accord. We all need to come together with oneness of mind, heart, and purpose. It is time for us to stop thinking that we got forever time. Pastor said time was winding up. He's, time is moving fast, if y'all don't. When you lay down, I'm just going to prove it to you. When you lay down, it's time to get back up. Where did the time, how much time of sleep did I get? I think I got two hours. That's what it feels like. But, you know, time is moving if you pay attention. Seasons are changing every day. It's up, down, cold, hot, raining, snowing, somewhere, every day. Time is moving. But what God wants us to know, that time is moving. And we got a mission. We got a purpose. So we need to come together. We, not, we got to get it together. Come together in unity. So today, it's Pentecost Sunday. That means today, it's a new day. It's a new day. It's not the day of yesterday. It's a new day. He say, new mercies. You'll see every day. So what is he telling you? He's equipping you for today. So today, if you do not have the Holy Spirit, don't leave. Because you need him today. We need a fresh wind. We need a move of God. In order for that to happen, we got to get in one accord. Just like he showed them on the day of Pentecost when they were in one accord. Likeness of mind. Then suddenly, sound of a rushing mighty wind. Then the Holy Spirit showed up. Then things will change. When we come together in unity, we need a fire of God to burn up the things that are consuming our lives, consuming our time. We need him to burn it up so that we can stop being afraid, being afraid of things that you cannot control. You don't control anything. God controls it all. It's trust, and he says, trust me. Try me. Try my word. Prove me that I won't show you that I am God. He showed the disciples. He'll show you. I am in control. You got to trust and believe that I got you and I got this. Okay? He said, I know what's going on. I knew this day was coming. I knew these events was coming. I knew the world was going to be like this. And what? I am still God. That's what you need to focus on. That I am still God. I got this. And I got you. That's what you need to know. You need to know. We cannot be stagnant any longer. No more. We can't be sleep at the wheel. Why? 
souls are passing us by. We need to go get them. That's what he's telling you. You need to, we need to ignite the flame of God. So if your, if your fire is dim and burned out, you need to get a fresh wind so that you can be ignited with the things of God. He needs to rekindle things within you so that you can run. I think about Jeremiah. Jeremiah was going through some things. Jeremiah said, I ain't going to talk about you no more. I ain't going to say nothing else about you. But the word was in Jeremiah. Jeremiah said that my heart is like burning fire shut up in my bones. I can't be wearied. I can't be tired. I got to let it go. I got to go tell it. Let the word be like fire shut up in your bones. You have a story. What are you getting excited about? Okay? Your story is that he saved you. He raised you. He cleaned you up. He picked you up. And one day, you're going back. Jesus, that's the same story. That's all he wants you to tell, the good news, that I came to save mankind. I loved you so much that I did all of this just for you. Because why? I want to come back, and I want to take back my church. Why? Because I got a kingdom of glory that you have never seen. Just, but you got to get on board. That's what he wants. Church, it's time for the church to begin to run, to run with the fire of the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost inside of us to go tell the story, to be the witness of Jesus Christ. That's all Pentecost was, was to get them fired up, to get the fire in them, to give them boldness. So, okay, you may be timid today, but let the Holy Ghost get on you. You will be bold to tell your story. You can't be ashamed of your story because it's your story, right? It's your life. It happens. So what? Tell it. Why? Because you, your story is not my story. And your story is going to deliver that person, set that people free. My story is going to save somebody else. We all got to tell our story. But at the end of the day, our story is the same. Jesus loves me. He died for me. He rose for me. And he's coming back to get me. We all got the same story. This is a glorious day. It's Pentecost Sunday. Let's get in one mind. Let's get in one, one accord. Because God is moving. He's moving by his spirit. And he wants to show up and show out in our lives. That's what God wants to do. He wants us to be on fire for him. Not just today, but for every day. For every day, he wants us. This thing is falling off because I'm all over the place. <laughs> can't stay still. It's shut up in my bones. I, I got to tell it. I got to go tell the goodness of my God. I can't keep my mouth shut. I got to tell it. I got to let him know. Today, I got to let him know. Today is the day of salvation. It's today. And if you, oh my God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Today. It's today. Today. The fire of God. It's today. Now, if you need the fire of God to be indicted in your heart, if you don't have this special gift, you need to come to the altar. You need to run. 
You need to come on because you need a touch from God so that you can go tell your story. Come on. Come on. If you need him, if you need him, if you've been weary, wounded, feel his hurt, need some love, come to the altar where the God is. He said, I got you. Today is a new day. You can't carry that stuff no more. Let it go. He going to bring you to the altar. He going to burn it up. He going to burn it up so you can get out of the way. You need to get out of the way so the work of God can go forth in the fullness of time when the church is full. When the church is full at the fullness of time, then Jesus is coming back. He's coming back on a cloud. He's coming back to get us church. He's telling us to get ready. Go tell my story. The harvest is plentiful. We are the laborers. It's, it's few. We need to multiply. It's a lot of people out there. Come on. If you need a fire from God, if you need a new day, if you need a fresh wind, come on. Come on. Don't sit there. Hallelujah. I need some ministers to come and help. Hallelujah. Today's day of Pentecost. Ministers, I need you to come. Hallelujah. Pastor Hawks, come on. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. I'm a tap and I'm passing it on. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is not changing his heart and his mind on his church being the ignition that gets the world a fire ignited and a light that helps a world that's just drowning in darkness to be able to come to a place where in our lives we realize Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is life. Those of you that are at the altar, ministers of God, just have the person lift their hands toward God right now. Just have them lift their hands toward God. And this has got to be, folks, where it is you saying, God, I want and need all of you. Minister of the gospel, I need you to hear too. Miss Pat, I need you to just hear just a minute. Just a second. Just a second. Just hold tight. You've got to want this for you. I, I'm not going to be able to pray this for you. Nobody else is going to be able to do this for you. I can lay enough oil on you to fry 10 eggs this morning. But it's you saying God. Nobody poured any oil on anybody. God poured fire on everybody. Nobody laid hands on anybody. God reached down and blew a fresh wind on everybody. And this is what I know God is doing at this moment. But you've got to say, God, here I am. I'm tired of being who I was. I am embracing the new creature, and the old things are passing away. I'm not going back to do what I used to do. I'm not acting like I used to act. I'm not letting my emotions overcome me anymore. Getting upset with him, getting upset with her. Lord, I'm just going to get set in you. And in you, I'm going to live. In you, I'm going to live. And I'm going to move.
And that's what the Holy Ghost and Pentecost is about. It's a God who's moving. Some have said it was a wave that took place. It's a move. Some tried to say, well, we're going to do a Holy Ghost wave. It's not just waving your hands. It was a move. Nobody can fully explain it. But what it requires is someone who's saying, God, I don't have to know everything. I just need to know you. They didn't know everything, and because that's why they said it was like fire. They didn't say it was fire. It was like fire that landed on the heads. They didn't know what it was, but they knew it was God. It was like wind. They didn't even say it was wind. They said it was like a mighty rushing wind that came in that room. In other words, it was overwhelming. But it was fresh and refreshing. It caused a renewal to take place. And that's what God's doing in your life. Those of you who come to the altar, if you'll just continue to yield, just as you got up and felt the sin, I need to get up there. I need to be up there. My household needs to be up there. That's what God is saying. Continue to learn and, and discern that that's God speaking to you. And he's never going to stop speaking to you. And what is he trying to do to get you to go into highways and byways and compel others? Come in. What did he say? I want you to go up to the upper room so that you can be endued with power. So that you can be endued with power. I guarantee you, if you just when you leave here, if you just realize that you don't just raise your hands when you come to church. Raise your hands when you get to your home too. Raise your hands when you're walking down the street sometime. Raise your voice not only when you get to church. Raise your voice in your own home sometime. And just remember, my God. Sometimes you'll just start praying. Sometimes you might even cry sometime. Sometimes you might just start speaking in a language that you said, I, I've never heard that language before. Keep speaking in it. Don't quench it. Don't stop it. For some of you, you just need to get refired again. You just need to get free fire. I grew up in a house that had a lot of fireplaces in it. So I never want a fireplace again. So I had to clean all the ashes out the next morning. But I knew this. You have to stoke the fire. Sometimes you have to put another log on the fire. For some of you, you just need to put another log on the fire. For some of you, you need to just go stoke it again and let the flames of God rise in you again. Let your spirit rise up in me is a song sometimes we sing. It'll get your heart rejoicing. It'll get your feet dancing again. It'll get you proclaiming again the goodness of the Lord. So sometimes, folks, you can become unintentionally lethargic. You just come in church and you, you don't come in with joy. You don't come in praising God. You don't come in thanking God. And this is why God said, I need to put you back in remembrance of your first love. And when God puts you in remembrance of your first love, you go, it's not about what's happening today. It's what happened on Calvary and what is happening now, day by day. Do mercies for me. Do mercies. I'm going to encourage you to just go to your seat. Know that God has already touched you. But you keep touching God. You keep blessing God. You keep trusting God.
God will touch you when nobody else. Now this morning, I needed a touch from God. I didn't think I could even get here this morning. It's like, Lord, I am so heavy. I'm so burdened. God said, get up. This is one of those nights where I didn't sleep. And when I looked at the clock, when I finally went to bed, every three minutes, I opened my eyes. Every three minutes. And finally, I just said, time to get up. Yeah, have you ever had one of those nights where you, you just it's just three minutes, but you realize I haven't slept. I thought I did. My eyes went to sleep and, or, or, or closed, but I didn't sleep. That's when you cast all your cares over onto God. Go take your seats for just a moment. Everyone, just take your seat. Just going to do it out of obedience today because God moves in the ways sometimes, folks, that we get so traditional and routine in what we do, and we don't realize that God can do it any way he wants to do it. This is why I'm saying to you, have seen it in the Bible where there was one time he said to Moses, he said, Moses, go ahead, everyone, take your seat. I just want you to be obedient in this. He said to Moses, Moses, I'm going to want you to strike the rock. And water flowed out for Moses and the people. And then he said to Moses, I don't want you to strike it. I just want you to speak to it this time. You see, sometimes in, in churches, this church and every other church, I feel like it's guilty of it, we get into routines because we decided that that's how we will box God up. You don't, you don't ever box God up. The upper room is not somewhere that they had never been. It's some place that they had forgotten it. Because they had been up in the upper room with Jesus and received communion. That's where he administered communion. That's where he now is administering and flowing with the Holy Ghost on their lives. This is why this morning when I came in, God said, well, just come and have communion. And I came to the altar and just had communion. So why is you so heavy? Well, Friday I spent the day or good part of the evening with Sister Valerie Hodges, who is going through a tremendous physical challenge. And those of you who haven't seen her in a while, it's not because she's just playing hooky from church. I mean, the devil has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But you need people that will pray. You'll need people that will just take a stance. You, you don't have to know all the details. As a matter of fact, it's better that you don't know all the details. It's better that you just simply pray and trust a living and glorious God. And it's like, just left there, and then uh, I know Miss Pat was back on Saturday, and just, because uh, folks, when, you, when you're going through a battle, I, let me just tell you, you don't need TV. You need Jesus. You don't need to be hearing all of the sounds and the noise of the world. You need to get away from that noise and get the word. And so that's where our focus was getting in there so that nothing but the word, nothing but the word was being spoken, nothing but the word was being prayed, nothing but the word was being sung. And you need that kind of atmosphere. And so we come home and, and I, I, probably 7.30 in the evening, it's still daylight, beautiful day, nice temperature. And Pat's out there just kind of gabbing with the neighbor. And suddenly a call. You know, kept saying suddenly. And I was like, man, I had a lot of suddens yesterday. And suddenly she get a call and a niece is, they're notifying our neighbor that a niece is gone. 
that it, it just suddenly gone. Not sick, not, not, not in, it just gone. And so they're notifying the family, she's gone. And you know, your heart goes out and you pour out. And you empathize and, and you sympathize with that person. Then we, we lay our head down later in the evening and we say, we're, we're going to rest so we can get up and rise and shine and give God glory. And then the doorbell is just going and it's not Avon. It's actually my brother-in-law Robert and he is ringing the doorbell like, you know, like when a child is playing with it and, and, cause it, and, and you know it's urgent and, and, and he says, Pat, Horace. We recognize his voice and we get up and he says, it's Bob. And my heart sink. Because I know what that means. So I live close to a hospital called Doctor's Hospital. Five minutes it takes me to drive it. Ten minutes it takes me to walk it. And I'm at Doctor's Hospital, but when I come in, I know all I can do is talk to the living because Bob is gone. That was a sudden, and, and, and folks, in, the, in this life, there are sudden moments. Suddenly, Jesus was gone, and the angel has to get the people refocused again. Suddenly. And so, Bob was never a brother-in-law to me. Bob has always been a brother to me. We didn't ever even, even refer to ourselves as brother-in-law. And some of you know my sister-in-law. You all would tell me, we love your sister, Ernestine. That's who I'm talking about. It's all right. But he's gone. And, and so we were up ministering. And, you know, I try to be a buffer for a lot of people. I try to be a buffer for my family. I knew that the police was going to come because, you know, things happen in your home. And they have to come. They have to basically say, we've got to rule out foul play. I mean, those are not the things that you want to hear. Those are not the questions that you want. And, and so I'm saying all of this, folks, is that there are times when your heart can be heavy. And there is a place in God's word that says you've got to put yourself in remembrance. Somebody say, Jesus is still Lord. It is still well with my soul. One of the things I know about Bob, Bob was the chairman of his deacon board. Love the Lord. I know him when he wasn't saved. And boy, I love the new version of him when he got saved. And he remained steadfast, unmovable, and abounded in that. He wasn't a perfect man. None of us are perfect. But wow, did I love this new version. And that's what God wants out of us, a new version. That's why it says you're a new creature. Old things are what? And behold, all things are come. But he said, I don't ever want you to take the things of God for granted. Remember. Remember. The ushers are going to put an element in it before you take it. Before you, and those of you who are viewing, get some element. This morning, I just, I, I was blessed to be at the church and be able to just grab an element out. But perhaps you just got some juice at your home. You've got a, 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 just a corner of a piece of a bread or a cracker that you can grab just in its symbolic meaning to remember. But he says, 
in that process of remembrance, in that process of reflection, make sure that you are allowing for some God direction and correction in your life. Because if you have been going in a direction that requires correction, you say to God, order my steps now. Set my conversation aright. Forgive me of things where I have trespassed against your word and your will, where I've done it my way and not your way, God. But there will never, ever be a time where God where I want that to be my lifestyle. It was a decision or a choice that I made, but I'm choosing you today, Jesus, and putting myself in remembrance of that Pentecost, upper room experience, that place where your disciples were told to sit down. I like Luke's version when Luke said, and when Jesus positioned himself at the table, this is a time where you want to say, have I allowed Jesus to position himself in my life? Do you know Jesus needs to be the center of your life this morning? There's a song. I play it in almost every morning now since the day I heard it. There are songs when I hear them. So that's, that's, that's from the Spirit of God. There are songs when I hear, and it's like, I don't have to hear that song no more. I listen to Christian radio. But there are songs that I hear that I go, I don't have to listen to that song no more because that's not from God. That's just noise. But then there are songs when I hear them, I know that's God. That's God. There's a song called Jira. That song really start to help you to understand. We like to hear that those uh, compound names for Jesus, Jehovah, and we say he's Jehovah Jireh. And that song, and it's worship. It's just pure worship. So what I want you to do and what I'm trying to encourage you to do right now is, 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 is examine yourself. Then I want you to know that you have a provider. You have a provider. That when you're going through your toughest moments, your roughest moments, like me, this morning I felt that this is one of, this has been a day, God. It's like it's been stacked, stacked, stacked with stuff this weekend. And I need peace. God is peace. And right now, I'm sta I, I, I can tell you, I'm standing with a peace that, that passes all understanding. Because he's Jireh. He's provided that. Whatever your need is, you got to know he's Jireh. And then when we receive communion after we're going to hear this song, and you might need to just put your cup down for a little while and just allow yourself to worship God. Some of you may have already opened it. Just be careful. But you might learn to just acknowledge him as Jireh in your life. We're going to drop the lights down just a little bit just to just give you a sense of intimacy with God. And we're going to worship God. So I want you to stand if you can, sit if you need to, but we're going to just acknowledge him because he is Jireh. He is our God. And you're going to have to just lift this one up. You're just going to have to lift it up. Hallelujah. I'll never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up. 
you to forget it. God is basically saying to you, <laughs> you're already loved. Sometimes there are people who feel like, I got to do this, or I've got to do this, or I miss this. No, you are loved. Say that, I'm loved. You're loved. God is going to always do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you could ask or even think just doesn't want you to forget it. Why do we celebrate with what we call communion? Because where did the more than enough come from? The shed blood of Jesus. The body that was pierced in the side. The water and the blood that came pouring the book of Revelation says, now, if you remember, this is how we overcome. By the blood and the words of our testimony. So when you're going through the toughest days, this is why we say, plead the blood. What do you mean, plead? That sounds like I'm begging. Not anything to do with begging. The devil's going to say, you're guilty. What are you going to decree? Not guilty. What is the plea that you enter? Not guilty. Why are you not guilty? Because Jesus has paid it all. Jesus has paid the penalty. If not for the shedding of his blood, there would be no remission our sin and we don't want to forget it it's not because of what we've done we are remembering it's what he's done hasn't he done great things take the bread now Jesus said this bread represents his body that will be freely surrendered and given for all John 3.16 would summarize it for us by saying he loves this whole world. There's no respecter of God. No, no respecter of persons with God. He loves everyone. Take that bread together. The Bible even says that while they were eating, Jesus took the cup and he now introduced to his new church to the church that would come to evolve he would say this cup represents my blood they didn't fully understand and every now and then I know people don't fully understand why we're doing communion why are they going through this ritual but it is so that we remember 
It is so that we know that there was a sacrifice. It is so that you and I might know you had a debt. The wages of all of our sins said and demanded death. You had a debt that you could not pay. And Jesus paid a debt that he did not owe. Whose debt did he pay? Mine. Yours. The whole world. And we thank him. And that's why when we take the cup, we give thanks. My God, that you would love us so much. Out of all of the deeds and things that I've done, you still love me? Yes, more than enough. I don't have to look in the world and look to the world for my help now. God is Jireh. There's always a ram in the bush. He's Jireh. I love God. I think I look at, when I look at God, you know, God can take a pimp and make him a preacher. He really can. He can take a drunk and make him a deacon. He can take a murderer and call him a great leader, Moses. He can take cowards and make them brave. He took me when I was in utter darkness, translated me out of that darkness over into this marvelous light, and I don't want to forget it. I never will forget what he's done for me. And that's why I choose, that's why we should choose to serve him. Never go back to the way that it used to be. Never go back to the lifestyle that you used to live. And how can you do it? Through what allows you to overcome his blood and the words, the speaking his words declaring it's more than enough it's more than enough you actually have to try God to know that God works you don't test God as it were or say God you got to do this before I will move you just move and trust God he will come through let's take the cup together giving thanks in Jesus name stand to your feet with all praise and all thanks Lord we thank you for the goodness of this day we thank you that your goodness is running after us it's going to always be running after us and your word says that goodness is so good that it will literally overtake us it will overtake us and so father I thank you that you will overtake your people on this <laughs> Pentecost Sunday Lord, I want to thank you for uh, Felicia just yielding to the Holy Ghost today and bringing such a dynamic word. And Father, thank you. We are okay this morning getting to see. <laughs> Glory to God. Because we've got Christ. And he's the center of it all. Now, we were blessed when we came in. 
Your word has already decreed we're blessed when we go out. But your word has challenged us to say, then go and be a blessing as you go out. So may we encourage somebody's heart today. You know, as I mentioned, my brother-in-law, some will say, well, well, Pastor, what we can, what can I do? Just pray for us, that's all. We're not going to, as it were, under this pandemic environment, we're not going to probably be opening the home and just say coming in. And you know, my sister and brother was part of a large congregation, and uh, they will be inundated with calls, I know. And so we will try to help my sister feel some calls, but I'll let you know. I'll let you know, and I, I can say this right now. Funerals probably won't take place in the next seven days. We have a niece that we know is getting married on Saturday, and we just want to be there to support her in every way that we can and help her day to be joyous. And then when we get through that one, then we will deal with this one. But I need your prayers. My family needs your prayers. And that's the best thing that you can do right now. That's the most coveted thing that we ask of you right now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks again for joining us today. Here at Rainbow Family, our mission is to love God, love people, and change the world. If you would like to partner with us in any way, we encourage you to visit our website at rainbowfamilychristian.org.